Welcome back to the Office Marketing Podcast with Mike Swigert, the podcast all about sales tips, mindset, and value bombs. Five questions to help make your day more productive and learn a thing or two. Here is your host, best-selling author, Mike Swigert. Hey, everybody. Thank you for taking time out of your day and listening to the Office Marketing Podcast. I've got a really um, kind of a fun guest today. We're going to talk about uh, how to get the most out of a, a special event, how to grow your business through events, how to, uh, we'll probably get a little granular about specific networking and marketing, but we literally have one of the vice presidents of BizNow, uh, an old friend. Thank you for coming back on the show, uh, Brian Kinslow. Really appreciate you taking Mike, time out of your day. Thank you so much for having me. I want to say I love what you're doing with this podcast. I think it's I think it's really great. So so I appreciate you having me on today. Uh, if you don't know who Brian Kinslow is, or if you don't know BizNow, um, they probably just haven't come to your your city yet. They are a uh, just an amazing group. I was a very very active participant in BizNow events in Atlanta. I saw them go and just grow and have amazing uh, guests. The events were always done extremely professionally. And I really, I just looked forward to the, the events, Brian. So I'm coming from a, an awesome perspective of someone who really appreciates what you have done and, uh, and, and just fantastic events, content, and people. I want to thank you for what you guys have done. Uh, I really appreciate you saying that. It's, we, we operate at such a scale. People think we're some massive company. We actually have an incredibly lean team. So all of those very professional events, there was something between two to five people that did those events that had six or 700 people at it. So I appreciate you for using our product. We put our heart and soul into everything we do. So I always love to, to hear when people have, have nice things to say and, and appreciate the work that we're hey, doing. Hey, Brian, I wouldn't do it if it didn't turn into revenue for me and my family and the companies I work for. So believe me, yeah. it, it was, it was, it was a, it was a uh, give and take relationship. Hey, why don't we talk a little bit about you and yeah. uh, and your background, kind of how you ended up with BizNow and what some of your responsibilities are. Uh, I wish I could say I, I was very strategic in finding BizNow as a company. So I, I graduated, I worked for, for close to five years um, at, a, at a produce company and based out of South Jersey, this industrial park. There was, there was maybe a McDonald's around there. That was about the only, only fast food place that I could go to to eat. And I spent a couple of years there. It was, it was a good first, first company, but it was very much that. It was very much an entry-level job. Uh, then I started falling in love with my now wife, and she wanted to move in together. She li lived up in New York, and she basically gave the ultimatum, like, okay, either we do this or we go our separate ways. So I was very encouraged to find a job based out of New York, and I randomly found BizNow. It just kind of happened. I was not in real estate at the time. I was sort of in sales. I was in this hybrid sales marketing role. Um, so they hired me, and they said, hey, we have this this sales position open for a, a business manager for the Southeast, primarily Atlanta. And I was like, great, I've never been to Atlanta and I've never been in real estate. And the training program was basically, here's a plane ticket, good luck, make it work. Uh, so that was about eight years ago. And uh, I was able to uh, grow revenue in the Southeast to a point where I was able to finally hire some people, institute a bit of a managerial structure. We were a very flat organization when I first started. And we we still are, but we, we have a hierarchy now that, that was necessary. And from there, my role has grown. I, I now manage the largest team within BizNow. I oversee the largest geographical territory within BizNow, basically anything on the East Coast, over to the Midwest, uh, Denver, Phoenix. So 
so that's that's sort of how how I grew. But yeah, I sort of I sort of just fell into this position. All right, Brian, you got to tell me the first event you did in Atlanta. How did you do it? You probably remember your guests. You probably remember how many people showed up. Just tell us yeah. real quick a nickel tour of that first event. First event was on the industrial market in Atlanta. I do remember the speakers. A few of the people are actually now retired. People that that are well known in the industry. Uh, it was a two panel event. I would say there was something around 200 people in the room that day. We, we had a, a really solid following at, at the time. I, I didn't start BizNow Atlanta. I came into it. It was very, in, in its infancy at that point. Um, really high energy event. And I, I wanted to make my mark. I wanted to, to really brand myself as this person who can host these professional events, have really important people in the room, have a great networking experience, but also leave with a smile on your face and you know have, have a good time doing it. So I had planned this in my head, have this great joke. At the end of my little intro monologue, you're gonna, you're gonna stick the landing with this awesome joke. I said the joke and it was, the crickets weren't even making noise. Like it was just absolute <laughs> silence. So that was my first, I started off Atlanta with a huge bomb, but thanks to many people like you, you, know, you, you, you always were, were open to having coffee with me or letting me meet you in your, in your office at the time. So uh, we, we picked it up from there. My jokes stick the landing now, but uh, at the time that was, that was my very first event. Industrial right. event at the Ritz Carlton Bucket. All right. I hate to, uh, I hate to pry, but what was the joke? You got to tell me, Brian, like, what do you remember? So I was like, I was like trying to be PG with it and also sort of be funny. So I, I think my joke was something like, Hey, there's a lot of food and coffee in the back. If you don't eat it and drink it, then they force the business employees to drink it. And the last thing you want is a bunch of very full, very caffeinated business employees running around your city. And I thought it was going to just get knee slaps <laughs> and it got nothing. It got absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know what, I, I don't want to, you know, you might want to stick with your day job. I don't know if, if writing yeah, comedy yeah. is really your thing, but, but I'm thinking no. there's something funny there, but eventually you'll land that you'll stick that landing. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's what my comedy yeah. career uh, pretty much. Hey, Brian, right there. but, but on a very positive note, you got to a point where there, there was a while there, you were doing a lot of events in Atlanta. I mean, about how many were you doing down here before you, you moved up? Um, out of the Atlanta market? We, we started doing around one a month. That grew to about one every other month. And we got to a point right before the pandemic where we were planning on something around two every single month. And these aren't small events. These are the smallest event we would do in Atlanta. We'd get 200 and upwards of seven, maybe even 800 people. So we're talking these big, massive events that, that require a lot of work. But yeah, we were, we were looking somewhere in the 20 to 24 event range before uh, we had to shut everything down uh, last year, at least in the in-person world. All right, good. So let's talk about up before the shutdowns. And um, so we're doing about two a month. And then how many cities is BizNow in right now nationwide? How many, how many are we in all together? Continental U.S. We're in 42 markets. So I, the, the two events per month were, were per market, right? right. So we're, we're in every major metro. We're also uh, international now in Canada, as well as in Europe, uh, we have a huge. We are the by far the largest publication. It's it's incredible the growth that we've seen. We we have just shy of 1.5 million subscribers to our newsletter. Uh, on a, a normal year, we host about 350 events, so you know roughly two per month uh, in every single market that we do. Um, so that's you know it, it, this, we've we've certainly scaled up and leveled up. <laughs> All right, good. So if I I, I, I kind of want to go. I don't want to timestamp this too much because I kind of want to go up to 
the stage of normalcy, right? So yeah. in general, um, up until a year before now, right? Um, what would a company do to get engaged with BizNow? Like, obviously, I mean, people listening to this know that I was a, a master connector, master networker, and and did everything I could to get the most out of the events I went to. But like, from your perspective, what did you see from the companies that got involved with BizNow that got a lot out of it? Like, what were they doing? Uh, it's a great question. I it's it's a parallel I like to draw to to working out. I'm not the most fit guy, but I do I do uh, CrossFit from time to time. It's it's like going to the gym, right? And uh, if you two people can have the same gym membership, right? And if the one person goes and all they do is maybe walk on the treadmill for a couple of minutes and then socialize, and the other person goes in with a plan of here's how I'm going to attack the gym for this hour that I'm here. I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to record what I do. I have a set schedule and they work really hard. Well, in six months, the person who worked really hard is going to look really good. And the person who sort of, you know, goes and kind of socializes, they're, they're not going to necessarily look as good. Both were given the same exact opportunity. So we have this, we, we have the largest network of people in commercial real estate, just period. Um, so the people that go have a plan. They know who, who they want to target. They set up the booth, but they don't just sit at the booth. They go and they uh, make sure they're bringing people over and saying, hey, look at this pamphlet I have, or look at this sample of product that I have. Or if you're a furniture company, come sit in this beautiful chair that massages you as you work and, you know, is ergonomic design, right? The, the people that actually work the room have a plan for how they're going to do it. And don't simply just set up a sign and say, okay, well, my job is done, right? Your, your job is just starting to get there and, and you set those kind of things up. So um, there's a lot of different opportunities within our events, but the people that actually have a plan and, and work their plan, um, <laughs> those are the folks that that typically have uh, very positive things to say at the end. That's good. And when it comes to BizNow, you can get involved with like, I mean, there's all kinds of things you have, right? You have like title sponsors of the event, and then you could actually have a booth. And then you actually have like an online marketing uh, opportunity too, right? I mean, those are those kind of the main ways you can use BizNow for your business? All of the above. Yeah, there's two, there's two sections to our business. There's our, our online publication, which uh, I mentioned, we have just shy of 1.5 million people that subscribe to that. Um, and there's plenty of advertising opportunities, plenty of content opportunities within there to help promote your business. I'm actually always blown away by, uh, by how we show value and show ROI with what we do. To my knowledge, we're the only company out there that actually shows things, uh, not just the high level people that saw it, people that clicked. We can get very detailed into who's clicking and how to target people through account-based marketing strategies. There's a lot we can do on the digital side. But to focus on events, there's the low level, which is just basic branding, right? It gets you in the door. It gets your, your brand associated with that event um, all the way up to title sponsor. And for your audience, they might be interested. We, my favorite thing that we do, my favorite thing that I sell is the ability to host one of our events at your vacant property. So if you own a building and there's roughly 10,000 square feet of vacant space, we can come in and activate that space, have an incredibly professional event there and have two, three, 500 people go and experience your property. So office owners, retail owners, industrial, you, you name it. Uh, we love doing those kind of things. I love, by the way, I get, I, I'm, you and I are a thousand miles apart from each other, but I feel yeah. your energy, Brian, seriously, you're, you, I don't know. It, there's very few people that I have on zoom that have more energy and charisma than you have right now. So I'm really, um, I hope someone's watching this on YouTube because they're just going to be like, this guy's awesome. I don't, I don't care. I just want to go see this guy. This episode of the Office Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Fusion Advisory. We help commercial contractors generate leads online profitably. 
Check us out at fusion-advisory.com. If you're watching, I'm wearing glasses. Now, I did not used to wear glasses. I've just been on so many Zooms. That's, it's, it's repetition. And it's also a lot of caffeine. Well, or you could be me and turn 50 and all of a sudden, you know, for 50 years, I'm like, yeah, I'll never need glasses. I'll never need glasses. And then I put them on about a, a couple months ago and I thought, huh, I can see a little better. <laughs> this, yeah, is, yeah. this is some good stuff right here. Um, so let's let's go back into, so if someone has never been to a BizNow event um, mm -hmm. and they kind of, what's some tips you can give someone? Say they're um, an individual business development person. What are some simple yep. tips you can give that person to as you're starting? Let's just go from 101, right? Because I think you really hit some really high level things with the metaphor of the working out. But like just some 101, what are some things a business development person could do to get the most out of their first event? So just generally, uh, as you're starting your journey of networking, there's a couple of of things that I've noticed. And, and I, I'm a bit of an expert. I've been at probably... 400 networking events that I've hosted myself. So I get to sort of take this high level view of, of people that do it successfully. The, the first thing, and I have a couple, I have maybe four things that I can go through. The first thing, and this is groundbreaking, Mike, show up, hmm. right? That's the first step. The first, the first step is actually show up and show up on time. There's we, the, the structure of a business event, it's networking, and then there's a panel conversation normally. Um, and the people that show up on time have the full hour plus of networking. There are also the people that are a bit timid and maybe they show up five minutes before the panel goes on and they do that strategically. So show up, show up on time. The second thing I want to say as you're starting is get uncomfortable. It's un networking is, is like almost inherently uncomfortable. I actually personally don't like, don't enjoy it. Um, I've gotten good at it and I, I obviously understand the value of it, but don't go to a networking event, seek out your one friend or seek out that one person you know, stick by their side, kind of close yourself off, go up to somebody that you don't know. Make sure you leave every networking event you go to with a new connection, right? So get, get uncomfortable, talk to people that you don't know. And I gotta say, there's nothing that makes me more annoyed that when the group of five people show up to an event together, they stand in a the corner, they drink their coffee together, they go, they sit together, watch the panel, and then they leave together. I appreciate that you came to the event, but you paid some money to be here. Don't you want to meet somebody new? Don't you want to grow your, your network? So that's number two is get uncomfortable. Three, and this is something that's big. Part of me feeling uncomfortable going to networking events was I, I didn't think I was particularly interesting, right? I, especially when I started going down to Atlanta, I would show up by myself. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know the city. I couldn't talk about what high school I went to. I, I literally had no value, at least from what I thought. So I always always tried to come prepared with something to talk about. And each event has a specific theme, right? So if you're going to go to an event and there's a lot of construction people there, well, maybe you go and you, you say, you can, you can just off the top of your head, uh, when you start talking to somebody after you've exchanged pleasantries, you can say something like, hey, what do you think about modular construction? And then that will spur a, few, a further conversation. Or if you're at a finance event, you can say, you know, you can exchange pleasantries and then you say something like, hey, what do you think about the crypto world? Isn't that pretty crazy right now? So just have something to talk about, right? And it's not hard. You don't have to do hours and hours of research. Just know who's going to be in the room, know what these people are interested in talking about and be able to be conversational about it. And you'll be shocked with how, with where the conversation goes from there. Uh, and the last thing is, is have no fear in, in these. Uh, Mike, I know you golf. I, I golf too, not very well, but 
when I first started golfing and I wanted to go and I wanted to play, I was always a bit nervous because I didn't want to join a random foursome because in my head, these were all Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy and everybody was going to be a scratch golfer. And I was going to be by far the worst golfer out there. But then I started to do it. And I realized like, Oh wait, no, everybody doing this stinks at golf. Right. (laughs) And then you, you just become, you become friendly. So, you know, going up to people, making like, don't have it in your head that these, these people are incredibly intelligent, way smarter than you and make way more money than you and look way better than you. Just go into it, understanding these people are your equals. These people want to meet more people. That's why they're at a networking event. So, so go into it with an open mind and, and don't really have any fear. Don't have those, those uh, ideas in your head that you're, you might not be good enough. Cause that was something I struggled with early on when I started networking. Uh, Brian, all right, so I'm gonna recap because I love I, I loved your angle. Guys, the Brian Kinslow four <laughs> steps to networking prowess. All right. Okay. One, I'm just gonna recap. One, show up. Two, get uncomfortable. Three, come prepared. And four, have no fear. I love that. Yeah. Brian, I, that's brilliant. There's one I probably missed, and uh, it's maybe the most important. And I know you're you're a big uh, you're a big follow up guy, so I, I would um, I wouldn't be doing anybody service if I didn't mention the follow up. So make mm-hmm. sure you take action. If somebody gives you a business card, send them an email. If somebody talks about a business idea, make sure you follow up on that and expand on that. I actually <clears throat> I can speak from experience. I I was networking at a business event, started talking to a guy who is launching a produce company. So this ended up, now I'm on his advisory board because I took action in what he was saying. Really interesting guy, sent him an email. I was like, really liked what you were talking about. Can we, can we talk? That turned into a two hour Zoom. And now here I am helping him, helping him launch his business. I, Brian, I, I just think if, we, if everybody just timestamped this and really just kind of came back on that, I love that. And we're going to call that as take action. I'm going to put this in the show notes, right? That's why I remember who he did again, right guys? show up. But I think you said it so um, just understated. But like, for me, when I think about showing up, it's like almost show up with the right mindset, show up in a good place, show up with gratitude in your heart, show up with leave your stress in your car, show up with, you know, like you can't, you got to leave it there. Like I always felt like when I was doing networking, it was almost the same as whenever I taught a spin class or whenever I was in high school and I was in a play, right? You have to have the mindset. It's a little bit of a performance. I don't want that to come across as fake, but like you have to be in that state. You have to show up because that's your job, right? If it's your company, it's your job to generate revenue for your, for the company, for the people on your team. If you're a salesperson, it's your job to generate revenue for your bosses and for your family. Right. I mean, that is, it is your job. So show up. Yeah. I think it's absolutely yeah. brilliant. I think that, um, getting uncomfortable, um, expanding on that, Brian, you, um, you talked about that sort of pod that shows up and it's so yeah. funny is like here in Atlanta, there's sort of a, um, a, a group of us that would always show up to all the network, whether it be a, again, BizNow, NAOP, IFMA, uh, circle of trial, all these great networking events you can go to in Atlanta. Yeah. And, and we would all see each other, but at that one hour of pre-networking, we would all show up and we'd connect with the people that we wanted to connect with. We'd sit in for the panel. And then as soon as the panel has gone, everyone's gone. And then the networkers, we would stick around and kind of share notes. Yeah. 
So like we That's knew really that that was, yeah, that we're done. Now we could kind of go like, Hey, did you see so-and-so here? Hey, what do they have going on? And so we would, yeah. we would kind of connect dots afterwards. So it was like pre-networking the panel, and then we would kind of connect with the pros. <laughs> Yeah, that's all. That's a really cool way to think to think about it. It's um, it's also like diversify the types of events you're going to. Get uncomfortable going to events that you're not an expert on, right? <clears throat> it would be very easy for me to go to uh, a Philadelphia area group of people named Brian that are sort of good at golf event. I would get along great with probably everybody there. Yeah. But yeah. if I can go to an event that I'm not an expert on or with people that don't look or sound or act like me, I'm going to become a better person. I'm going to grow my network and I'm going to find way more opportunity in doing that. Yeah. Actually your, your parallel, you said about um, not everybody is a rock star. Um, I, I hate to timestamp this, but last week there was the um, there's an amateur event at Augusta national. Right. Yeah. And um, a buddy of mine got to go. He was there for uh, every day. Everyone was allowed to bring two family members plus one guest and um at this event at the same what's that he play no 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 his girlfriend actually played. Oh, he is he, uh, um i say he's a buddy i've known him since he's a little kid his his girlfriend friend of my son so i talked to him about the event and he was like yeah you'd be amazed at how many 20 footers they run 30 feet by and this is yeah. literally the best amateurs in the world you know the yeah. best amateurs in the world hitting 20 foot putts 30 feet by the hole so don't think that just because someone is literally one of the top 100 amateurs in the world playing at augusta national we're not everybody is just they're we're all human like it's okay to yeah. go up and talk to people yeah. now some people are gonna big time you but you know what they weren't gonna do business with you anyway they're just kind of yeah. they're, they're calling themselves so um i appreciate it so we've covered a bunch of great stuff Brian, you touched on a little bit about your um, very above average uh, golf game. Tell us a little something about you that, that maybe not everybody knows about Brian Kinslow. Um, so if you've been to an event that I've hosted, this may not come as a surprise, but uh, something that not everybody knows about me is I, uh, I officiate weddings. I officiate a lot of weddings. I am officiating at a wedding on, on Saturday. And it sort of came it sort of came in this funny way where uh, my longtime friend called me about three weeks before his wedding. And he was like, Hey man, um, you're comfortable public speaking, right? I said, sure. I do it a lot. He said, Oh, well, can you marry me, uh, on in three weeks? And I said, um, what was your backup plan? If I said, no, he said, I knew you wouldn't say no. So I officiated his wedding word got out that I do this. I've been able to spend the most special moments of my best friend's lives, I, I married my uncle not that long ago, uh, the, the person on Saturday. Our dads were best friends in high school, and then we became best friends, and now I'm marrying him and his wife. I have another one scheduled for December, so that might be something that it, it's an, a logical thing if you've seen me, see me on stage, but what most people don't know is I, I officiate weddings. That's really cool. Well, you know what? Yeah, it's Maybe, a lot of fun. I've been married 26 years, and um, I said- You need a vow renewal. No, you'll appreciate this, Brian. So I said to my son, who's 17 years old, I said, uh, hey, buddy, um, you know, I said, I worded it kind of funny, but I said something like, you know, if, if we did a ceremony, would you be my best man? Right? Because he's just one of my favorite people in the entire world. Yeah. Well, he answered it immediately and he goes, dad, I would just never do that to mom. 
And I was just like, no, 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 no. Like if I renewed my vows with mom, no, no. Like, he, he was like, he was like, he was like, I would never do that to mom. And I loved it. And I told my wife and she just, she was like, oh, he's so sweet and loyal. And I'm like, oh gosh, I've been married 26. I've, this is my wife for another third ever. This is my forever, forever wife. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, if yeah. she's put up with me for this long, I think, I think she can, she can uh, wait it out another 30, but I thought it was sweet that he was like, I would never do that to mom, you know? That's great. Um, that's a great answer. <laughs> I thought it was, it was so genuine. He's just, he does love his mom. So, hey, let's talk, let's kind of go into just a hair, you know, what do you see happening? Are we going to go into a little bit of a hybrid role when it comes to um, events? And yeah. uh, talk to us a little bit about maybe just this, this summer and fall as we're planning networking, um, you know, the great reopening. I know we're hearing really good things for after the 4th of July. So talk to us about how you see the, the networking events having a blend and being able to accommodate for, for all people this fall. So I love in-person events. Obviously, my company loves in-person events as well. So there is a lot of pent-up demand for people getting out there and bumping elbows or shaking hands or whatever is socially acceptable at the time. It's a lot of pent-up demand to get in person and see each other. But there's this new opportunity that was unveiled when we had to take everything digital. And it's it's some some obvious, right? If you if you go to a networking event, the people that are there genuinely live in that area, right? So with maybe in an hour drive of, of wherever that event's being held. If you go on a virtual event, we have had people from every state, from many different countries joining in and networking with each other. So there's no longer this barrier and a lot of deals are getting done, done at these things, right? If you If you live in New York, but maybe you want to invest some money in Florida. You hear great things about Florida and you want to invest your money into there. Well, you can now join a virtual event. You don't have to buy a plane ticket. You can just log on for 45 minutes or, or an hour or two hours. You can learn about the market and you can, you can now network. So that's, that's a, something that's been really great. Also, the use of, of data, right? The, use, the, the, the ability to track the individual, to know what people are interested in and to know that um, you know, for, for some, sometimes with our sponsors, we're able to, to tell them exactly who showed, uh, showed up at an event. So from a business development standpoint, if you were a speaker at this event and you could see every single person that attended, well, now you know you can reach out to these individuals and have your virtual coffee or your, you know, set up a time to actually golf with this person. So really utilizing the tools that the digital world has, has uncovered. So there's a lot of benefit to digital, although the world is moving back to eventually getting back to in-person. I do think initially there is absolutely going to be a hybrid approach where the event's happening live. If there's a content component, there's a live stream of that or, or a recording of that. And maybe there's this world where there's the in-person event, there's 500 people in person, they're shaking hands, they're networking. Then there's this digital component of the event where you can watch the content, but you're not just sitting there watching. There's also digital networking that can happen. So you, you don't lose the networking if you're not necessarily at the building. So I, I definitely think there's that sort of a hybrid model coming. Uh, and I think it'll be here sooner than, than you may realize. And we're, we're working some things out on our end that, that may be here uh, as recently as the end of this month. Good. Brian, I'm so glad to hear that. I, I'm, I obviously feel like, you know, I'm, I'm a real people. I'm an oxytocin addict. You know, like I... Oh, yeah. I am. I really love being in a room full of people. I mean, it's really it, that supercharges me. But I also respect that there's people that just kind of want to say, "All right, you know what? I'm not quite ready for that." 
but I don't want sure. them to feel left out. I want, because they still have to generate revenue for their companies and the people that work at their company. So I'm really glad to hear you guys are creating an environment that is um, accommodating to so many, to so many different types of people. Yeah. That's yeah. That's going to be really important. So I hope it sticks around. I really, cause I want to do that. Like, I, I think if you had a cool event going on in, in New York or Denver or something, it may not be a topic that is important to Atlanta. Like I, I interviewed a, um, an architect that does dispensaries, right? They, she did uh, grow centers, processing centers and dispensaries. Yeah. Well, in Georgia, that's not um, very important, but where she is in her part of the country, she's as busy as could be. Yeah. And eventually in Georgia and South Carolina and Alabama and Tennessee, there's gonna be dispensaries everywhere. But I, I was able to almost um, get ahead in time yeah. by hearing her speak. And I feel like that's what people could use BizNow for. Yeah, absolutely. We, we've, we've hosted something like 800 virtual events since, uh, since we had to shut everything in person down last year. So if there's a topic you're interested in, in commercial real estate, we are probably hosting it. All right, good. All right, well, let's, let's wind this down. Tell me a little bit of something more about you uh, when it comes to your mindset, your positivity. What do you do, Brian? Like you do, you, you're, oh, man. your energy yeah. on stage and in person is always so good. What do you do to keep it so positive? Um, well, I appreciate you saying that. So there, there's a couple of things. I also have two young kids uh, under, I have three and a half and almost one year. He's, he's one in a few weeks. Um, so I also have that going on on my personal side. Um, how do I keep myself positive and mindful? I, I, I can't believe I'm this guy, but I, I do CrossFit now. So working out and being healthy and, and having that kind of a mindset, I, I, I feel like is really beneficial to your overall health. Um, I also make it a point to try to be very mindful of how well things are going. This past year, it's very easy to say, hey, things stink. I can't go to a restaurant. I can't see my friends or family. Like things just stink. But if you take the other, other side of it, it's like, okay, me personally, I, I mentioned I have a one-year-old. I was able to spend every day of my one-year-old's life with him, right? That's a great, I've been able to put in so much family time. I've been able to work on my grass. My grass looks great right now. Like you, you figure out these things, you just try to look, take a step back and, and try to identify what's happening that's going really well. And then this is sort of a vice, uh, but I found it to be very, very positive for my, men, my mental health is pretty much every Sunday night, I throw on a podcast, maybe yours. Uh, I put the leash on my dog and I go for a walk for about two hours after the kids are in bed. My wife goes to bed early and I go for about a two hour walk. Occasionally I'll smoke a cigar. Um, that's, that's the vice part of it, but it gives my, it gives me time to have some real alone time to think about my week, to think about my intentions for the upcoming week. I end up usually end up calling somebody I haven't talked to in a while to catch up. It's just, it's really been great for me to have that hour to two hours just to myself, be in my own head uh, and, you know, make sure I, I can, I can think about uh, everything I have going on. So those are just three things that I personally do. I love it. I love it. All right. Now you've got to share a book with me because I, I know you're a, a lifelong learner or a podcast, you know, share something with me. Hey, by the way, anybody listening to this podcast, this is a very selfish one because normally when someone tells me a good book, I regularly just get it real quick. So so Brian, what do you got? What do you got for me? Um, I, I, for whatever reason, I really like biographies. I, I like to learn about successful people and how they got there. That's, that's where I geek out on. It's just like, how did this person either overcome something or how did this person that was, you know, started in this place, end up in this place? 
So I have two books that I read, and this sort of recency bias, um, but two that I read that I really liked. Uh, Ride of a Lifetime, Bob Iger's book, the, the CEO of, of Disney. Fantastic, incredible person. He talks about uh, all of the mergers and acquisitions that they went through. He talked about his role models in life. I've recommended that book to a few people, and they've also really enjoyed it. So, so that means a lot. The other one, this is this is one that maybe not a lot of people would admit uh, is is some a book they hold in high regard. But I'm a Philly guy, right? And I have a lot of pride in that. Uh, there's another Philadelphia native, Kevin Hart. He came out with a book a, a year or two ago called "I Can't Make This Up." It's about his journey of how he became the Kevin Hart that we all know, and it was not easy. He had a really, really crazy, really tough childhood. Uh, and it's, of course, a very lighthearted, very uh, comedy forward book. But he talks about his journey. The grit that this guy has is incredible. The, the work ethic on that, that Kevin Hart has, it's really fascinating to read. So I, I legitimately just finished that one like, two nights ago. Um, but it's a really easy read. It's really just inspirational to see you know, somebody who everybody knows right now. And you, you, you know, like, oh, okay, this is just a celebrity. But to really hear that story about how this person went from pretty tough situation with a lot going on around him, right? Dad in jail kind of a thing uh, to one of the biggest celebrities on the planet. So I really like that book. I can't make this up by Kevin Hart. Uh, Brian, Kevin Hart is absolutely one of the, I, I'm in awe of Kevin Hart. And if you literally took the comedy out, I mean, he's a brilliant comedian. He obviously yeah. his work ethic is insane. Hit the way he tests his, his, uh, his, his content. If anybody knows what actually goes into a, uh, a presentation, what he did in the round in London a couple of years ago was just, you know, he did it from the center. And as a speaker, you know, I, I was, I was set to speak at a little over 30 events last year and I've got eight books for this fall, but, but I watched someone like Kevin Hart and I watch his mannerisms and I watch his physical presence and his timing and his cadence and his tone. I'm like, that guy is phenomenal yeah. Brian he's so good like and he, has his, he had his vision and he, he always talked about it and he just he never strayed from from just working it out and no matter what life threw at him uh it was it was a really good book I, I uh yeah he's as good I, I've been I've been lucky to see uh, a lot of great people live I've seen uh when I think about great performers whether it be Tony Robbins or Kevin Hart I saw George Carlin live and and just literally just mesmerize a stage I've seen Les yeah. Mis I've seen I, I like whoever it is there's so there's i learned something from all of these great performers and yeah. uh and i'm just in all of greatness and really whether it be alfie bow uh it being the lead for les mis or um i saw morrison do uh, uh finding neverland like all these great uh, these great performers have been great you know really glad to see or wicked i yeah. i kevin hart's right up there with everybody this is so yeah. cool so yeah, I'm a co-fan with you. I'm a fanboy, Kevin Hart, right there with you. So, um, hey, Brian, if someone wanted to get in touch with you and maybe learn more about BizNow, how to be a, a part of BizNow, I mean, what do they do? They they kind of jump on LinkedIn and find you or what's the best way to get you, Brian? You can LinkedIn my name. I will respond very quickly if you shoot me a message. Uh, if you want to get involved with BizNow, I couldn't recommend it more. Yes, I'm biased. I work for the company, but we legitimately help companies grow their business and we help companies do more business. So if you want to find out more about BizNow, how you can get involved on that side, brian.kinslow at biznow.com. Quick side note, BizNow is B-I-S-N-O-W. It is actually somebody's last name, our founder's name, 
was Mark Biznow. So people think it's a play on business now. It is not. It is his last name. He just got kind of fortunate with with the name he was born with. That's okay. Hey, and and full qualifier. If I sound like a fanboy of Biznow, it's because I really am. They are not paying me anything to to have Brian on the podcast. I am a absolute huge fan. I think Biznow gives so much to the community. The panels that Biznow has put together, the community, the communication. It is a wonderful, wonderful uh, group to be a part of. And I really, I really thank you, Brian, for taking time out of your day and putting together such a great group. Yeah. I, I, again, I appreciate the kind words. We work really hard at what we do. So I uh, love to hear when people, people enjoy it. All right, buddy. Thanks, Brian. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Office Marketing Podcast. Be sure to join the conversation on our YouTube channel, LinkedIn, and Facebook pages. If you enjoyed the episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.